0: Happy New Year's. Tap someone on the shoulder and say, this is gonna be your best year yet. It's gonna be my best year yet, I know. Amen. God is in a good mood. Um, I wanna start off today with sharing some testimonies. Are you okay with that? Um, About mid-November, Rach, my dad? Was it mid-November? I don't know. My dad got really sick in South Africa. Um, he's got something called scarcidosis. I have no idea what it is, but I'll try and explain it to you. Um, basically, he was born in Zimbabwe, about four hours away from the Asvestos mines. And he lived there for three years, but it got into his lungs and um, it caused scarcidosis from his lungs. There were this, this rapidly spreading scars that spread all the w- over his lungs and into his organs. Um, and he only discovered it later in life. Um, and there's basically no cure. They give him um, steroid, steroid tablets. Um, I don't know what they do, but it makes him extremely nauseous. And he got so sick about mid-November, Um, to the point where he was bedridden. um, And because of COVID and the restrictions, um, the hospitals are totally different to what I'm even used to or anyone else in the country. Basically, if he goes, if he's not priority, they'll just put him in a bed in the passage and ignore him. And no one's allowed visiting him. So this could have been the last time that somebody saw my dad. That's how bad he was. And that's how bad the, the the structure is. So... Um, I told I told the, the leadership of the church, we got together one day and we just started to pray and I was just standing there recording and I sent it to my dad so my mother could play it in his ear while he was sick. And within three days, he made a radical recovery. Wow. And he's back, if you know me, I know my dad, my dad's back on the streets preaching the gospel, wow. which he wasn't able to do because he can't breathe um, wow. and totally transformed and just from prayer, from Um, People in America, the church in America. Isn't that beautiful, guys? So God is good. Um, It was quite a journey for myself personally, because if you know me, (laughs) we can't go back yet. So that's a whole story that my brain was taking me on that I didn't want to go down. Does this make sense? I started to think about the worst. I was like, what if? Negative, 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 negative. So today I had to, sorry, this month I had to remind myself of something that is core value within me and today I'm going to share some with you. Are you ready for this? Okay, cool. Let me open up my notes and Guys, this is incredible. I really feel like the Holy Spirit is breathing on something this year that is afresh and anew. And we've got to be paying attention to what God is saying so that we can align ourselves to partner with with what He is doing on the earth. We've got to lean in and listen, otherwise we're going to miss it. One thing I dislike about New Year's You want to know what it is? January 1st at the gym. It is packed (laughs) with people that are trying to get their resolutions for the year. And within two weeks, less than that even, (laughs) it just goes. (laughs) And then I'm like, oh yeah, my my normal time is empty. It's like I like it. (laughs) New Year's resolutions. I dislike them. Biased opinion, unpopular opinion, whatever those things are. I don't like them. Why? And to you know why? You are setting yourself up for failure. Every single time. I mean, I'm like 35 and I've realized that. I've tried New Year's resolutions. It don't work. For me at least. I don't know. Maybe you're different. Good luck to you. You've got more drive than I do. <laughs> but for me personally, they don't work. What I've noticed works in my life is a lifestyle change. I can't wake up one morning and expect everything to work the way I want it to. All of a sudden, you've got habits to break. You've got patterns to form. I think it takes, what, 21 days to break a habit. And then 21 days after that habit is broken to form a new habit. So that equals, what, 42 days? And you're expecting it to be done instantly. Nah, bruh, that don't work. (laughs) Anyway, so this year, I am busy sitting there. Sorry, last year, where are we? 2021, November, when I heard this news, I was noticing that my mind was going back into patterns of thinkings of what ifs. And all of a sudden, I had to reevaluate what my priorities were so that I don't fall into a pattern that I've already got breakthrough in. Does this make sense? Um, on Christmas day, uh, we give our children gifts, right? And when we give it to them, they are wrapped perfectly, looking nice, working and functioning properly. Does this make sense? And then all of a sudden, your children start playing with them and break them. Very, all the parents are like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Your freedom, your breakthrough that you have experienced is a gift. And what you do with it and how you manage it and how it works out is up to you. (laughs) So good, eh? So simple. And the Holy Spirit is patient. He's so patient, hallelujah, he's patient (laughs) with me. (laughs) He's so patient, so it's okay to mess up. He restores and then you start all over again and you learn how to manage the gifts that he has given you. Salvation is a gift, healing is a gift. I remember a time, totally off my notes, I remember a time where um, I was healed from extreme allergies personally. Like I would eat stuff and weird things would happen with my body. Like huge ulcers in the back of my throat Coughing, sickness, fatigue, whatever. I was allergic to canned baked beans. It was bad. So bad. Um, I, 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 can't, I couldn't remember. I think it was like maybe five to eight years that I tasted chocolate because the dairy in chocolate would make me so horribly sick. It was not worth it. Um, and then you binge and then I was really sick. Anyway, um, but I remember the day that God healed me, completely healed me. I woke up the next morning nervous. I just wanted to have a bowl of cereal. I'm like, (laughs) and nothing happened. It was incredible. Three years later, all of a sudden, my hair started to fall. Not this hair. This is (laughs) genetics. (laughs) My hair on my face started to fall off and some on my chest as the effects of my allergies were starting to come back. And I was like, Wait a minute, Wait, whoa, hold up. Why is this happening? It is not okay. God does not take back what he's already given you. <laughs> I was about to say a bad joke. Um, he doesn't take it back, never, ever. And I had to put myself into that position, reminding my body of the healing it had received Instantly, I was healed again. Healed again? Wait, wait a minute. Wait, what? Joshua, you? Yes. Completely transformed. A gift is manageable. Healing is manageable. Transformation—you've got to learn how to manage it. And God is so good; He doesn't give us gifts that we cannot manage. Isn't that so cool? He knows us better than we know ourselves. Gave. Um, sorry, Sailor, I'm talking about you now. I love you, my big girl. I gave Sailor big girl gifts this year. And to see how she manages it, it just makes me so proud. How she shares unconditionally with her sisters. How she looks after it, makes sure that it charges so that she can use it the next day. I'm like, wow, that's just so incredible. I'm so glad I didn't give it to her last year because she wouldn't know how to do that. Isn't that incredible? And I'm not the greatest of dads, but I know my God is the best dad we have. And He, when he has given you breakthrough, transformation, healing, health, he knows that you can manage it. Anyway, that was a totally awful off- mind. So today's message is titled, the, Transforma- the Transforming Power of the Presence of God. That's the title of my message. I can go home now. <laughs> I have got two prayers this year. Two. In fact, one of these prayers, the second one is one that I have been praying for more than 13 years. Every single day when I wake up, I say the same prayer. <laughs> and it hasn't changed. But the first one this year is that the holy that the presence of the Holy Spirit would manifest around me in me and through me in a greater measure. That's my number one prayer. Wherever I go, I'm praying this prayer. And I remember, (laughs) maybe about three days ago, I'm in the gym, busy working out, and I'm getting so frustrated by what I'm seeing around me, the way people are talking to each other, interacting, just people that are just lost, broken, unhealthy. I'm getting so frustrated with them. I'm like, oh God, why am I so frustrated about what's happening? And he says, because your frustration is causing you and leading you to pray for their breakthrough. Will you partner with the frustration or will you partner with me? So all of a sudden, I started changing my prayer. I said, Holy Spirit, come, I need you right now. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go up to some stranger and say, how are you doing today? So nice to see you. I don't want to do that. I don't want to shift the atmosphere that I'm feeling. I just want to be me. Oh, my word. I have fallen into a pattern that isn't mine. And it happens so quickly. Frustrated with people? Do I know myself? I don't get frustrated very easily. Don't ask my wife. (laughs) 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 And my second prayer is (laughs) this. (laughs) This prayer I've been praying for a very long time, for as long as I can remember. If you go back in my journals way before I met Rachel, this is the same prayer I've prayed every single day. This is very personal to me, but you guys are not swans, so I can give you my pearls. (laughs) The second one is, I want more of Jesus, whatever the cost, at any price. I just want more of him and because of that devastating news that I heard mid November I had to remind myself of who I am and what I'm aligned to does this make sense it's so beautiful see when we do you know that You are more than your mind, your body, and your soul. Do you know that? This is just a vessel housing you. It's just a vessel. The problem is that when we were born, our cells and our body, our mind, and our soul began to receive information from the world around us. And through this information, we are able to respond, think, and rationalize how to live life in this world. Unfortunately, the world is corrupt. It's evil. It's cursed. So we are learning a system. We're receiving data from the world that is corrupted, that is evil, that has been cursed. And we respond by what we receive from what we have seen. Does this make sense? This is not you, because you, when you gave your life to Jesus, were transformed and made anew. You. I'm not talking to your mind, your soul, um, your, your body. I'm talking to you right now, your spirit man. I'm speaking to that part of you that is the perfect image, the perfect representation of Jesus Christ on earth. Not by what you have done, not by the laws that you have followed, but by the transformation power of Jesus Christ through resurrection. We are co-crucified, therefore we are co-resurrected with Christ. New creations. However, our flesh suits, these vessels, have to be realigned, rewired, re-transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. So that we can start responding and operating and working and flowing and being the way Jesus is on earth. Does this make sense? When we allow the Holy Spirit to do this, things start to change. Our reasoning, our perspective, our belief system, our response system have also got to be realigned because they too have been damaged and perverted by the world, by all the stimulants that we have been going to school. Um, I remember having a conversation in high school uh, with my science teacher about evolution as my belief system and her belief system clashed. I remember, I remember t- growing up in South Africa when I was a young boy and all the other white South Africans are extremely racist and learning how to say, no, I will not partner with that. I remember, how, I remember all those moments where, you know what I mean? Does this make any sense? But sometimes there are these little patterns that sneak in to the way we think that really negatively affect us and the people around us. Okay, that's good. The Bible talks about the renewal of the mind. Oh, you guys know, if you know, you know where I'm going. If you've been in any of my sozos, guys, you know my favorite part is coming up next. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The Bible talks about the renewal of the mind. Not only the mind that brings reasoning, but our subconscious mind. The mind that we don't think about thinking. Your subconscious. You guys know what I'm talking about. The Holy Spirit is a gift of love for us. He comes in and co-abides within our flesh suits, our vessels slowly and progressively transforming the very souls of our being so that we will start manifesting more of Him in the world. Through your decisions, big and small, you are transforming the world around you. That's, that's powerful. There's no big decisions that transform the world. It's the small ones. The ones where you get out of bed and say, Jesus, thank you. I choose to praise you. It's a Monday. It's snowing. It's muddy. The roads are slippery. I've got to go back to work. I really don't want to. But you know what? I choose, God, to praise you. When no one else is looking, just me and you. Boom! Your life is transformed. You've got a fresh hope for the day. You bring hope into every single situation because you meet people that don't have the hope that you are carrying. And through your joy and your, you give it to them. Simply, easily, just through, hi, how are you doing today? The small decisions transform, not only you, but the people around you. So good. And I haven't even begun preaching yet. Um, (laughs) Your thoughts begin to change. Your emotions begin to change. Did you hear that? I'm going to say those two again. Your thoughts begin to change. Your emotions begin to change. Your reasoning begins to change. And all of a sudden, you start to find the reason of your existence. Birthing purpose in your life and the lives around you. Hallelujah. Isn't that so good? You. If you've got your Bibles, I hope you do, turn to Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. I think this is so important going into a new year, a fresh start. We've got just less than 365 days to, right? Did I say the right amount of days? That's correct, right? It's not a leap year this year. How many now? Minus what, two? (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) Romans 12, verse 1. I'm I'm reading from one of my favorite versions, but... Beloved (laughs) friends, does does the Bible move you like it does me? My beloved friends, (laughs) what should our proper response to God's marvelous mercies be? To surrender yourself, he answers his question, to surrender yourself to God, to be his sacred living sacrifice and love in holiness experiencing all that delights his heart for this becomes your genuine expression of worship worship isn't what happens on a Sunday morning the first thing that we got to get through this is worship Romans 12, verse 1, to be a living sacrifice, presenting yourself holy, expressing His delight. That's worship. Verse 2, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. (laughs) But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. I'm going to read that again. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the cultures around you. South Africa has got what, like 11 different cultures, all wrapped up into one united nation. Wow, and they are very different. We work with people that are predominantly Xhosa, Afrikaans, and then you get Ma minority, white English South African. For example, You've got the Afrikaner, which I think I'm one-eighth Afrikaans or Dutch descent. Anyway, we're going to do the test soon. Um, (laughs) We've got the Afrikaners on this side, right? Yeah. Then you've got the causes on this side, okay? The the Afrikaners represent the previous government system. Um, Very racist. You can go and do the research. Thank God for Nelson Mandela being saved in prison by a white man. Anyway. Yari is, right? Afrikaners. As simple as saying hello. I'm going to use you as an example. When you say hello, this is mainly male on male, but also female. But when you say hello, you, you look in the eyes and you say, How are you doing today? It's a firm handshake. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Look directly in the eyes. Speak loudly and clearly in the Kasa in the culture. It's interesting. It's like this. The way to honor and respect is to give a gentle hand, not looking in a person's eye, looking down at the ground, bowing down, and you say, Mo lo tata. You put these two in the same room, the Afrikaans person says, How rude are these Gaza people? And then you go to the closer side and they're like, "You, why are they so rude? They're so loud and are angry all the time." You've got two totally different cultures. How do you get them to see eye to eye? Because from the word hello, they disagree. They have got two different opinions. Does this make sense? You are of a different culture. You are not of this world. I don't know where I'm going with this. Anyway, I won't go down that road because then I'm going to be approving something else. But my point is this. There is a culture that is contrary to yours. And how you handle yourself will bring bring transformation to the cultures around you. But when you allow this situation to impact you, it negatively affects you and the people around you. So simply, how who's going to be Jesus in this situation? Who is going to bring the peace of God? Who is going to eat the humble pie and bring resolution, reformation, and transformation to the situation? In the country, I think, like maybe what... 1996, it was illegal for people of color to be in church services with people of white skin. Illegal. I remember those days. I remember the days when um, my my principal was standing on stage swearing huge big words about uh, people's skin color and how they should not be in our schools. I remember that day. I remember the day that my parents said no and they voted against the racist government and how their culture impacted my culture to the point now where i don't know i'm one of the only south africans that can speak an african language <laughs> white south africans that can speak one of anyway totally digressed here are do not allow Yourself to be squeezed into the mold of this present age. Simple. So good. Do not be squeezed into it. I love my wife <laughs> with all of my heart. One of the most attractive things to me about my wife is her radical surrender to Jesus. Her radical when, before we met, she gave it all up. The white American, sorry, the, the white picket fenced American dream of owning a house and a steady income. She gave it all up and said, I'm willing to live in a, a, a hut in the middle of Africa. I'm willing to, to go and do anything to see God's kingdom advance. This is one of the most, I, I, she's incredible. Very, very easy. Very, very easy to to say, let's go. God's calling us somewhere. And then we go. Very, very easy. She is very contrary to the pattern of this world around. In fact, when we encounter people that don't know Jesus, some people that know Jesus, and we tell them our story, they think we are foolish. (laughs) And I'm like, yes. You sound like the Bible. And you don't even know it. People don't understand. That's beautiful. Do not be squeezed into the mold of the present age. I'm moving on before I get into something controversial. Here are seven signs that your mind is transformed. I'm going to go through them really quickly so that we can have some fun with the Holy Ghost. Number one, you live in hope. In every single situation, you view it through the lens of hope. In fact, if... You are hopeless in any situation and circumstance in your life. It's a sign that that area of your life has not been transformed yet. And that's exciting because then we can bring it into submission. Amen. See there? Hope. Cool. Number two, <laughs> the impossible seem real. I like that one. When God says he is going to do something that's never happened before, you believe it will happen. I'd rather deal with the disappointment of praying for somebody that is dead and not seeing them raised back to life than not praying for somebody that's dead. Just by the way. Because I know God can do it. I've seen him do it before. Number three, (laughs) you live in peace and you don't worry. Your speculations... Have been transformed into positive speculations. Speculations are those what if? What if this happens? What if? Why do we always speculate the negative happening in our lives? What if somebody gets sick? Well, what if you pray for that person and they get healed? Yes, that sounds like good speculation to me. <laughs> um, it comes from. The second Corinthians 10 verse five says we are destroying speculation and every lost, lofty thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. Your thoughts have to obey you. They have to. They don't have a choice. This is not a democracy, thoughts. I am your leader and you will listen. I will not partner with that pattern of thinking. I will not. It's my choice. And what I choose goes in my mind. Amen? This is a sign of a transformed mind. If you allow your thoughts to lead you into destruction, that's on you. A good thing to do in those situations, so I can give you some more hope, is to say, Holy Spirit, I need you. I'm really battling to fight this war. Luckily, I've got an unfair advantage to my thought patterns. It's called the Holy Ghost. And He will transform you if I cannot. (laughs) Anyway, does that make sense? And then to think the opposite, I do a little comparison list, you know, bad thoughts. What's God's thought of the situation? And then I'll start to choose that one, Anyway, personally. Number four, you like yourself and rejoice in your weaknesses. Do you like you? I like me. I like how I laugh. I love my cheesy jokes. I love the fact that I'm the only person that laughs at my own jokes sometimes. I really do. (laughs) There, I just did it. (laughs) I like that about myself. (laughs) And I rejoice in my weaknesses, because in my weakness, God is made strong. His glory is revealed. I know I'm weak. I know I can't do things a certain way. I know I cannot understand the Fahrenheit system. But God, I thank you. Thank you for laughing at my jokes. It makes you feel so good. <laughs> Where was I? You are quick to forgive and freely give others grace and mercy. Ouch. You are confident and thank you. What? Oh, sorry, let me say that again. You are confident and thankful. Um, I have often been said that I'm very arrogant because of my confidence often this is not an uncommon accusation that people have against me Um, and I actually was like Holy Spirit am I arrogant I don't feel like is it me no it's not me (laughs) and I actually went to the Holy Spirit and I said God is this true are people's opinions and criticism about me accurate are they true and then God said Joshua are you grateful are you thankful And here's the thing, an arrogant person can never be grateful. They can never be thankful. But a confident person knows how to be grateful because they know that what they have received does not come from them. Isn't that good? I am confident as a son. I know that when I pray for the sick, they will be healed. Not because of what I've experienced, but because of who my dad is. And the gift that I give in healing does not originate from me. It originates from Him. In fact, that's why I like going after sickness. That's why I like seeing the supernatural. Because it gives glory to God. Not with my perfect theology that I've spent years studying. But the raw manifest power of Jesus in that person's life and situation. And then the experience i've seen god do amazing things and the power of testimony says god do it again in this situation hallelujah praise god number 7 you believe in others and give them the benefit of the doubt it kind of sounds the same but have you ever had those situations where you overthink something you know what i mean what do they mean by their text oh no they don't like me they've been talking about it all the time y'all know what i'm talking about how's about this <laughs> especially if you're a responder like me <laughs> read between the lines you don't like me <laughs> anyway uh, <laughs> that's never happened to me before. <laughs> I have no idea. The Bible says, "Don't lie." Okay, it's happened to me before, <laughs> but <laughs> and this is something I've actually been thinking about recently. Do we believe that humanity is good or evil? That's serious. Do we believe humanity is good and evil? Because that kind of determines how you respond and work out your life. You know what I choose to believe? Even though I've seen some horrific human stuff. I've seen people poured with, with gasoline so they can be burnt alive by the community. I've seen, I've, had to, I've seen children and the effects of this happening. Children from the ages of three months sexually abused. Repetitively. I've seen the worst of humanity, and I still choose to believe that humanity is good. No one wants to do bad things and be bad people. You grow up wanting to be good. That's what I choose to believe. And this changes the way that I interact with people around me. When somebody comes at me with a bad attitude, I give them the benefit of a doubt. They're going through a bad day. And you know what? Number two. Sorry, not number two. I, I've always got hope. Number one. I've got hope for you. Here it is. His name's Jesus. Amen. I remember, and this is where I'm going to end. I remember one day in South Africa. Uh, we, we run a ministry called Rahab's Hope. We set people free and see them set free mentally and physically from um, human trafficking, particularly sex trafficking, where women and men and little girls are trafficked for sex. Um, and I remember the one day, I think it was like three years in, nothing. Zero fruit from the ministry. Nothing. Nothing. Just imagine doing something for three years and never seeing a salvation, never seeing a healing. Well, no, we saw healings. Anyway, we never saw people getting saved from the healings that we saw. We, we never saw um, a woman set free and, and, and rescued from the industry. We saw so much stuff happening, but there wasn't a break. There wasn't, do you know what I mean? No fruit. Just imagine doing something for three years and seeing no fruit. It costs you so much. Rachel, pregnant with our children, walking on the streets. The police stop and say, what are you doing here? Are you crazy? It is nine o'clock at night. You are in the red light district. You're going to die. And we say, no, Jesus has got us. um, What's it? Crime lords coming at me with baseball bats and cricket clubs saying, hey, what are you doing here? And you Still respond with love. You still show God's heart towards them. But you don't see anything. Nothing. I was burnt out. Got home at like 12.30, 1 in the morning. So sticky and dirty from interacting with these women that get raped every half an hour. Like, God, why am I here? What is the reason? I am wasting my time. Nothing's changing. Nothing's happening. I don't want to be recognized as a good man for my good deeds. I want you to be glorified because people are healed, saved, and transformed. That's what I've given my life for. This is l- literally what I prayed. God, if you are not in it, I do not want to do it. I'm done. I'm done. I think that was the night that um, this really affluent man rocks up next. Rachel and the ladies are busy working with some of the, the, the worst. <laughs> and this man rocks up and wants to, to buy my wife. And I'm just like, oh, heck no. Step up there. I'm like, inside. All I want to do is go, you know what I mean? It's my wife. Don't do that, dude. Anyway, <laughs> and then he rolls down the window. He leans over and says, "How much?" I'm like, "What for me?" That was that night. I was so angry, <laughs> for many reasons, and I remember <laughs> putting my hands on the the door, leaning in, and I was promised I was going to go for it. Leaning in, I'm like, sir, your wife is busy praying for you to come home. Your children are praying that you would leave this lifestyle. And he just starts crying and drives away. And I've never seen him again. That was that night. When I went, I'm like, God, this is just, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to put myself and my family into this situation. And just feeling really burnt out, alone, tired hopeless. I clearly remember Jesus saying, Joshua, if you never see another miracle, if you never see a woman set free, if you see no fruit in this ministry, will you keep on doing it? Because I ask you to. I broke down. I said, yes, Jesus. I say yes. I choose to be obedient. And then Jesus Responds to my brokenness and says, because you said yes, (laughs) you will have an unmeasurable amount of my presence in your life and everything that you do. And that next week, we went out and did the exact same thing we have been doing for three years. How we saw so many salvations. We put women in the car to drive them away to a safe place so they can go back home to their children and their mothers and their family. It was from that moment that I radically started to see a shift in myself and what I do. Because the presence of God increased in me, around me. And people actually started to see the effects and experience the the, the freedom that I was carrying. Your breakthrough, has got nothing to do with you. That's why it's so hard. That's why it's so difficult to get over that heartache. That's why it's so difficult to get over that disappointment. That's why it's so difficult to get over that lust because it's got nothing to do with you. It's not about you. Your narrative isn't about you. The story of your life is not you. You are fighting for things that are so much bigger than you. Your breakthrough is important to me because when you walk in breakthrough, I walk in breakthrough. Your breakthrough is for our community. That's why we got to overcome it in community. And that's why I love the body of Christ, the church. It's not this meeting. It's us. Look around you. Somebody sitting next to you is carrying something that you need for breakthrough in your life. You're not an island. Isolation is demonic. That's one of the deliverance tools we use in Sozo ministry, just by the way. You cannot do this by yourself. You need community. You need the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Ecclesia. Friends that will call you out. One of my favorite questions at the moment, taught to me by my wife, is to go to someone and say, Hey, how are you negatively experiencing me at the moment? <laughs> I will change. You've got to choose wisely, I've just got to say. You can't just do that to anyone. Uh, I, I uh, we taught our missionary team this, and one of the youngest, one of the youngest missionaries um, sat Rachel down and said, "Rachel, how are you experiencing? How are you experiencing me in the ministry because I want to change. This is humility. That is hard." And then Rachel was like, "Okay, do you want to have the nice version or the harsh version?" And she's like, "The harsh version. Okay, cool. yes' three things that you can improve on. Thank you so much. No one has ever told me that before. Wow. And instantly, like she's, she's, she was with us for maybe, I don't know, three years, I think. She's incredible. She's absolutely amazing. She loves Jesus with all of her heart. She's been serving Jesus for a long time. She had like huge an abscess on her back and she would still rock up every single day and love on the children and allow them to just climb all over her. That's incredible. God's so good. Anyway, I'm done. I don't know how to land this. Um, Holy Spirit, So uh, just put up your hands um, like you're in the receiving mode. Put yourself in. You can do whatever you want to do. You don't have to put your hands out. You can put your hands on your heart. Um, You can put your hand on your mind. You can put your hand on somebody next to you. Um, Just put yourself in that situation where you can receive from God. And some of you have come here really needing breakthrough. Some people are here today where you need help. You need help with the way you think. You need help with depression. Maybe maybe you have been struggling to get free from a certain thing in your life and you just cannot. Here's yeah, the thing. The Holy Spirit, He is patient. He's kind. He is gentle. He doesn't condemn. He doesn't. Judge you, he doesn't reject you. He's good right now, Holy Spirit. I thank you that you will, that you are here, you are working, you are ministering god right now i just speak into every single heart i speak to every single spirit man in this room i say it's time for you to rise up stop sleeping oh sleeper it's time to wake up and arise i speak to every single doorway and gate that is represented in this room and in the name of jesus christ i pray that our hearts will be open for you to throw, flow through us, that the King of glory may enter into our realm, our world, our social circle, our job opportunities. We are the gateway for the King of glory to come in. So right now, I speak to every single heart. I speak to hope deferred. I speak where dreams have been failed and fallen and disappointed. God, I, I, I speak to the wellspring of life that is represented in this room right now. And God, I speak healing over our hearts, over our minds, over our spirits, and over our soul god that we'll start to manifest the kingdom of god inside of us and around us holy spirit on me for the people around me holy spirit in me for me god i pray right now that you'll just start moving in a fresh way in a fresh way speak to disappointment just to go in the name of jesus christ Thank you, God.